Hello and welcome to Bravo Bravo Waving Bravo. Hi, Mariana. Oh my god, you just sounded like a Muppet on the Muppet yeah. Show. You know, I just thought I'd, I'd wake up and try something different and obviously it didn't land. No, I loved it. It made me happy. It Great. sparked joy. Continue it. Well, how are you? I'm good. I mean, I'm still engrossed in the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. You know I'm watching it, the whole thing. Ah, see, and I'm not, but I still see it all on TikTok. You know me and all the legal stuff. I'm fascinated. Yeah, I, I do. I oh, do. speaking of which, we never spoke about last week that Lisa and Lenny from Real Housewives of Miami are getting divorced. Do you know this? No. You know the one that looks like Barbie and her husband's like the boob doctor or whatever? The boob guy. Oh, the one with like 1,800 storylines. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, wasn't he like a dick to her son? No, 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 no. That's a different one. This is the blonde one, the one that looks like Barbie. You know what? Miami lost me. I didn't see it out. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know why. Well, basically her storyline last season was that he had an emotional affair. (gasps) Now the show's over and he's dating, already dating a 26-year-old model and she's hot. Wow. And not only that is she actually has a decent Instagram following and, like, she's got her own million. I don't want to say millions, but she made like (laughs) a million. She's got a mil. She made a million this year alone. Wow. Yeah. And she's got a degree in environmental engineering. What? So... It just juxtaposes to Lisa in a lot of ways, and apparently she reckons that <laughs> You're she. You're so shady. <laughs> apparently she was steamrolled and didn't know they were getting divorced. I don't know. I don't know what to say, but yeah, that's happening. You're pretty much saying the ex got an upgrade. Well, kinda. <laughs> and I saw an article. So Caroline Manzo, her son has a podcast, right? Okay. And I yeah, do who listen doesn't? to it. It's called Dear Albie. I actually like it. It's kind of like started off on a take of Dear Abby. It's funny. I like it. Oh, yeah. And I haven't listened to this week's yet, but I did see an article where she actually says in the podcast, and I tried to listen to it this morning, but I didn't get through it all. She's talking about Teresa Mm -hmm. and she's like basically someone asked, you know, would she ever go back on the show to straighten Teresa out once and for all? And she responds apparently and says, I am tired of certain things. I'm tired of her opening her very uneducated mouth and using me as a weapon to say that I was the one that spearheaded her IRS claim and stuff like that. And she's like, I'm more than happy to go smack the bully. And she said, Bravo doesn't want to pay me. So guess what, Bravo? Uh, You don't get this for free. You don't get the dame for free. They're paying Teresa, I'm sure, an exorbitant amount of money. So she's saying she'd go back on the show to give Teresa comeuppance, but Bravo don't want to pay her. So I'd love that. I, you know, I love Caroline. Can Mizzo. we all chip in? She crowdfunded. Exactly. Can we? Can we start a Patreon for her? I mean, maybe. You yeah. know, just having this week off Jersey, like mm. hearing Teresa's name, I just went like in my head. I went, oh, really? Like she's exhausted me. She's basically saying that she and Louis got a bad edit. Can we? Every time someone appears like the dick that they are, oh, I got a bad edit. Fuck yeah. off. Don't blame it on the edit. Exactly. I do like that song. Oh, good times. All of RuPaul's songs are just so terrible but so They're, bloody earwormy. They are exactly what I was thinking. Exactly. Oh, my God. She want to blame it on the, the edit. edit. You're the one who said <laughs> it, bitch. <laughs> love it. Too funny. I love it. I love it. Oh, if only that could be our intro song. Yeah. Honestly, I'm struggling peeps to try to find some music to put at the top of our episodes, you know, because we want to try to be a bit more profesh. Yeah. I just, oh, trawling through production music is not fun. Anywho, shall we get into it? Yes. Beverly Hills, baby. And it's my turn, isn't it? Sure is. So, you know, if I talk too much, cut me off. I will. So we start off with Crystal in the kitchen with Lucy. I love Lucy. Was that her kid? No, dude, that's the fucking housekeeper. <laughs> I was like, who the fuck's Lucy? Lucy's, you know I love a housekeeper. After yeah, oh, fucking know, yeah. Jeff Lewis and fucking Zoila, I'm obsessed with the housekeeper now. You didn't watch that show, did you? No, no, I cl- oh. idea what you're talking about. Oh, okay, fine. There, there'll be peeps out there who are as obsessed with Bravo as I am and will, and oh, will yeah. know who oh, Jeff Lewis is. So all the girls come over by Sutton, they come for a visit, and who was it? Was it Kyle that says... 
in confessional about Crystal looking like a kid in her outfit and wants to give her yes. a lollipop. Was that rude or was that cute? Yeah, Carl's a piece of shit. I think <laughs> it's very clear this episode. She sucks. She does fucking suck. She, she's a shady-ass person. She's a pop And she's stirrer. hypocritical. Yes, Agreed. And, like, you know what? Crystal's younger than her, but she's not just, like, an 18-year-old millennial like she paints her to be. I don't know why she's got this, like, anti-ageism thing that's running through, but she totally discredits Crystal just because of her age. Um, I think I agree with you. I think Crystal is very good at expressing herself verbally and Kyle is not. And Uh so when you can't win an argument with someone because you're not as versed in the art of arguing, you tend to go for the low-hanging fruit and it's coming across as bitchy and mean and pathetic and Mm -hmm. I think I need to take note because I too am not great at arguing and can go for the low-hanging fruit and now I see how pathetic it looks. Yeah, well, I just think Kyle is low-hanging fruit. Well, I just think that those people out there who want to purport that you can't learn anything from housewives, I mean, I've told you before, I bring these lessons up in therapy all the time and use them to self-fucking-reflect. And, yes, I said self-fucking-reflect because we got a uh, shout-out. Well, no, what was it? A review and someone A told, review, but I like when you call it a shout-out. That's kind of more fun. And someone told me that I fucking swear too much and I'm a bogan. <laughs> Clarify, I'm a wogan, a woggy bogan. Not that that is any different. It is not. And, yes, I like to mother tuck and swear. And if you don't like it, I'm not your peeps. Yeah. But thanks for the download, bitch. No, I love it. You know me. I love positive reviews. I love negative reviews. And as I expressed to Nathan before, I went, that person that made that comment knows what she likes and what she doesn't like. High five to that person. Because it's sometimes really hard to be able to figure that shit out and to be able to voice it. So good for you. I'd still prefer all positive reviews. I mean, so would I, but I'm still proud of someone for having an opinion and expressing it. You know, send it to us in an email or a DM directly. Don't put it on blast, though. Hey, look, all I can say is that person still gave you, Nathan, three out of five stars, (laughs) and I completely agree with them. You you agree that I'm three out of five stars? No, I agree that between the two of us, you deserve the three stars, (laughs) and I deserve the minus two. I'm Fine for that. I completely agree. Why the fuck do I make you do this every week? Because I love you. So I can't, I mean, I don't disagree, but I still don't give a fuck. So we love feedback is basically what we're saying. So if you're listening and you haven't left a review, leave one, even if it's just making fun of Mariana, saying you hate Mariana. I don't mind. Do it. Lots of people don't like me. I'm good with that. <laughs> Should I just cut all that out? No, leave it. <laughs> okay, fine. It might inspire some new reviews. Okay, so. hopefully. We'll see. Oh, God, we'll see. Yeah. Um, all right. The only thing that really kind of bothered me about this little scene well, lots of things did, but we see Kathy Hilton for two seconds yeah. through the TV via Garcelle's show. And I'm like, is this because of Paris's wedding that she's too busy or because she hadn't signed her contract because she was making them pay her more money? It might be a bit of both, but she's sorely missed. Oh. At least I'm going to stand her at least up until we see her call someone an F word or an N word or something. Like Until yeah. I'm shown otherwise, yeah. I'm just on her side. I still love her until I don't. You know? Yeah. And we're all like that, right? All of us. Yeah. Anyway, so they're going to La Quinta because Kyle's opening a new store there. And then Ugh. Lisa Rinna said another store. Was she being shady about the fact that all of Kyle's stores went bust? Because I hope she Maybe. is. I just Maybe. thought it was a le- And then, okay, someone needs to tell Kyle, babe, I love you, but you have the worst fashion taste out of Almost Ugh. anyone, almost anyone I've ever met. Why does she keep? I know you're thinking of clothing? Giselle, but I, I prefer Giselle to Kyle. Why does she keep opening clothing stores and then wondering why they go bust? Because bitch, you got the bad taste. Like I don't get it's it. It's like every item of clothing in that store looked like the episode of The Simpsons where Homer works from home and he gets obese and he uh, wears the moo moo. Yeah. 
I mean, how many animal print caftans can you make? I know. I mean, Camilla does and the that thing is, already. She's not doing anything. No, she's not doing anything. She's just fronting the money, and this other poor sod is running around like a chick without a head on. Poor bitch. Yeah. And she's like, oh, it's so good to do something creative, you know, get my creative juices. And I was like, you're not doing a stupid thing, you stupid Kyle, stupid Richard. She's just cutting a fucking check. So stop acting like, oh, my God, I'm so pressed for time. I'm doing all this stuff. You, you, you're going to buy fucking tea towels and cutlery for the, for the La Quinta house. That's it. And, oh, my God, how many times did she have yeah. to say she drove there on her own? Like, I don't I know, understand. She's a loser. And then... Doree has to, like, go pee or whatever, and Kyle asks them if the ladies heard the voicemail, and I'm like, what voicemail? Did I miss a voicemail? But no, we heard the voicemail. And trigger warning, because Dorit basically has a panic attack, and you can hear her sobbing in this voicemail so hard that she required subtitles. I'm like, did they need to play that? I don't know. I well, did Kyle need to play? I think she's so inappropriate yeah. and a bad friend for playing a personal voicemail. Like, we don't know if... Dorit gave consent, but it certainly seems like she didn't. She would have had to. I don't know. I think it's shitty. You reckon she wouldn't have to because Kyle's played it and she's the one in... Yeah, okay. That's a good question. Any law nerds out there, let us know. Why was it not played in the show? Why was it played just in confessional with Kyle playing it off her phone? Oh, yeah. I don't know. I think it's fucked. I just think, and we're going to talk about it throughout this episode, I think that Kyle is accusing Sutton of being insensitive and and lacking empathy. And I'm like, Kyle, you're the one that keeps bringing it up and you're the one mm-hmm. that keeps bringing it back to you going, I don't understand. Well, you know what? It's not about your feelings, is it? No. <gasps> no, and she's bringing up the burglary more than Dorit at this oh. point. And it's like it's not your storyline. And then she keeps repeating the fact of physically what Dorit had to go through in front of her. I'm like, maybe she doesn't want to hear those words out loud and then having them echo in her brain. Like maybe let her deal with it with her therapist and stops saying like what physically happened to her. Like she's not fucking there. She's saying like, your life is ruined. You had a horrible traumatic experience. If I were you, I'd never get over it. I can't believe what happened to you. Oh <laughs> I God. would I would be asleep if it happened to you. I'd die. It's like, shut the fuck up. Thank you, Nathan. I am so glad we're on the same page because I need fucking therapy just because of this. And I've already used my allotted hour for the week. So thank you. Yeah. But that's, we just said, Kyle starts going on about the gun to the head, blah, blah, blah. And then Garcelle puts a stop to it. She's like, we're not going to be basically, you know, we're not going to talk about Sutton behind her back. And I'm really glad about that. And that's pretty much it. And then Mm -hmm. all I wrote in my notes next is Garcelle buys a massive pair of amethyst butterfly wings. Yeah, good for her. What did you think? I mean, people like crystals. I don't mind the odd little crystal. I I wouldn't have a big one in my house, but I can't afford that because they're expensive. I just, I thought it was a little abrasive for something that's supposed to bring peace, calm and tranquility. That's all I was thinking. <laughs> well, it's for protection. So I think a burglar is just going to walk into Garcelle's house, see the butterfly wings made out of crystals and be like, oh, I'm not robbing this place and just walk out. Bad karma, bad juju. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. And then next minute we're at Erica's. Now, people, mm. if you do not want to hear me be triggered by Erica every time she's on the screen, turn away now. Like just, just fast just, forward three just minutes. Go make a pop tart and come back. Mikey Minden is still there, isn't he? Yeah. Like five thousand dollars a pop. Is he getting <sighs> a? Is she getting a discount because he likes to see himself on the TV? Maybe he suggests. So basically, they're packing for La Quinta. He's suggesting outfits. You know, looks for her. They're shopping her closet. We all know she's got more than 18 racks of clothes because we saw the 18 racks and then there was the actual closet, right? So, mm-hmm. bitch has probably got like the 45 racks of clothes. Mikey pulls out an outfit that she's worn once before. Mm-hmm. She rolls her eyes so fucking hard at the prospect of having to wear something she's worn before. Oh, no. She's. I, I don't want to say have you learnt nothing because she's clearly learnt nothing, mm-hmm. nothing. And then she goes on to say in confessional, I normally sell stuff and I buy new stuff but I can't because of the bankruptcy. Oh, my God, woe is fucking me, Erica. I know, people died in plane crashes, doll. 
I know the concept of selling something using the funds to purchase something else. We all under, we all grasp that concept. But yep. we within that concept, we also grasp the fact that you will not make more money than you want to spend on a new outfit. So you're still having to physically pay the difference. Yeah. Don't try to be selling this bullshit to us. You're pissed off that you don't have a black Amex anymore to just go and buy whatever the fuck you want. Mm-hmm. It's just, it it makes me mad. Like, I'm not just sitting here saying, like, oh, my God, she's annoying. I'm fucking pissed off. <laughs> I am so mad at her hubris. It pisses me off. Okay, right. Oh, she's over. awful. I just get so claustrophobic in that kitchen when she fills it with, like, six people and bags everywhere <laughs> and hair rollers and a makeup kit. And I'm like, oh. Are you trying to say she needs a bigger house? Yes. <laughs> She's saying that too. <laughs> yes. Oh my sell God. more shit and afford a bigger house. But she's not allowed to sell anything. She's not allowed to do shit. Well, and tough tits. And can I just say she doesn't deserve to do shit with the way she's behaving. Exactly. Tough tits. I just want to know what's going on in the back room of that house, you know, like because all we see really is the kitchen, a little bit of the bedroom, a flash of bedroom, and I'm like, is that it? Do you reckon maybe she's like doesn't want to show things in her closet because she doesn't want lawyers to know what, like <laughs> opposing counsel to know what she's got so that they can price maybe. them and, and in order to sell them? I think that's it. I think – I don't know. I think she's squatting in some person's house or something. I, I don't know. I mean, seriously. So next minute we're in La Quinta with Kyle and her – or they're going to La Quinta, her and the doggies. They're so cute. They're the only thing I like about Kyle. It's true. And, okay, so, yes, one of the dogs does drink out of the bidet. I do see that. However, when you are travelling in a vehicle with your dogs and you're going far, surely the first thing you do is get your dogs some water, not lounge around and fucking make a phone call to your hubby to get it on camera. Like she would have had to let the camera people in. They would have had to set up lighting. They had shit they had to do. And her poor dog still hasn't had any water. I know. I'm I'm glad you went shopping for new fucking tea towels, Kyle. Did you hear my dog snort in agreement with you just then? See? He knows. He knows what time it it is. The other ladies arrive at Erica's first, presumably because she's the one that lives the furthest out of LA now. (laughs) Um, (laughs) On their way to La Quinta and they make roadies and Diana looks aghast. She has no idea what a roadie is. I love roadies. I know, right? But she also has no idea what an outlet store is. That was so funny. When Crystal was telling her, she was just honestly, it was like Crystal told her that the sky was red. Like she was so confused there. And that's because she gets clothes sent to her and then she sends back what she doesn't like. Amazing. I mean, she does own it though. She says there's nothing humble about it. So I, I just think Crystal's my girl. Like even with all that Lion King money and spending money to lower the floor of the house or yep. whatever, she still wants a bargain. And she I like, still I get it. wants to pay 30% off. I like that. And also Crystal has timeless style, so she doesn't need something that's in fashion. She's buying like pieces for life. She's not buying shit just to be on the TV. I'm digging on Crystal at this point. Me too. We'll see, we'll see. Speaking of Diana in La Quinta, I did love the fact that Diana said she sends her staff ahead of her. <sighs> what a luxury. To set shit up and make it homely. Now, we can all call that bougie, but no shit I would do the same thing because I do get a little anxiety when I'm not at home. And so to have the place all cosy and stuff, it's nice, right? There are worse things to spend your money on. There's a whole team of people. Like, how can it not just be one PA just moving a bed and shifting a couch into the corner? Like, why do we need that many people to do that? A hairstylist, a regular stylist and a makeup (laughs) artist. And I'm watching them move shit around and I'm thinking, isn't that what a PA does? I know. The hairstylist probably gets paid like fucking five, ten grand and they're they're rearranging the furniture for her. I mean, I suppose they're getting paid five, ten grand. I'd move a couch. Oh, I'd do whatever you want me to. And then, contrary-wise, Erica now has to steam her own clothes. It sucks shit. Uh, am I, I, I basically have, sh- is it schadenfreuden? When you, schadenfreude? Yeah, when you revel in the misfortune of others. I'm reveling totally. in Erica's misfortune because it couldn't have happened to a nicer person. And she's just such a bitter little Betty. Like she's always chiming in like from across the couch. 
And she's always chiming in from across the couch while she's nursing an alcoholic beverage. So uh-huh. it's so almost like mommy dearest in the, the my you know, woe is my yeah. life. Oh, my God. She's such a narcissist. Yeah. Crystal tells Sutton about what Kyle said. Sutton doesn't look surprised. Well, she's Sutton. I sort of feel sorry for her. Like, yeah, what she said was super insensitive, but you make one little slip up because you're uncomfortable in the moment and you're yeah. not good with your words and then it just keeps getting brought up for like a week and a half. Exactly, exactly. Like, get over it. Like, sorry, I didn't have a gun to my head. And we didn't have to agree with Sutton's feelings as we will learn later in the episode, but they're her feelings. She's yeah. like, I was triggered by it and I said something stupid. I'm sorry. I know. I say dumb shit all the time when I'm feeling uncomfortable or I don't know what to say. I'm the worst. And I do the exact thing that Sutton does when I'm uncomfortable. It's like I've got this image in my head of what not to say and then all of a sudden everything else leaves my brain and that is the only thing that comes out of my mouth. Oh, like in Austin Powers 3 when he's looking at the guy with the mole on his face and he's like, mole. (laughs) Molly, molly, molly. Just like that, nowhere near as funny. But yes, yeah. that is me. <laughs> Can what you a do timely that again? reference. Can you do that again? That made me so happy. Mole. <laughs> molly, 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 molly. <laughs> Yay, I got out my pom-poms. I'm cheering for you. I loved it. Loved it. Kyle arrives at her store and we have to fucking see Teddy Mellencamp. Uh, you know what? I didn't. I had my block on and I just, I filter her out. <laughs> Fair enough. It's like an episode of Black Mirror when you could like block out certain people and never see them. I've got that with Teddy Mellencamp. Yeah. Not interested. Well, this is when Kyle arrives at her store and she's all stressed about shit not being ready, but bitch rocks up 10 minutes before guests. Oh, she's a, she's a nasty little piece of gear, that Kyle. <laughs> And then when she's giving her little speech, which Ugh. I did notice that she didn't let her business partner who did all the work give a speech, but whatever. Of course, she, Shahida. She's paying the money. Carl says that the store didn't feel real till yesterday and my thoughts were, no shit, because that was the first time you fucking saw the store. Exactly. So, yeah, not impressed. And, and I'm just like, you can't even cut a ribbon. What a fucking loser. You didn't see if the scissors were sharp? <laughs> what a maroon. Diana has never been to a store opening, of course, because yet again, she says, I don't go to the She's clock. never been to a store. She, no, to a store opening. Well, yes, exactly. She's never <laughs> they been to a store. They send a shit. Yeah. As she says, I don't go to the clothes. The clothes come to me. I'm like, I love that. That's what I want in a Beverly Hills housewife. But she does say, she doesn't say they're nice. I think she says they're, pr- I don't know what word she used. I don't know if she says they're pretty or cute or whatever. But they're quaint. Yeah. She says, I would definitely wear them. I would wear them at home. And I'm just like, are you Yeah, meaning, not out. Are you meaning to be shady? I don't know if you are, but that was fucking shady and I loved it. Sutton apologises to Dorit. Sutton and Kyle hug it out and Sutton mimics stabbing Kyle in the back. Loved that. Yeah, and I just think, like, Dorit was so gracious. Mm. She was just like, oh, okay, yeah, she accepts the apology, like, ready to move on, but it's Kyle who yeah. keeps bringing it up. And it's like, at this point, Dorit's accepted the apology. What more do you want? I've wondered the same thing. And back at the house, Diana doesn't know if she's a Leah or a Virgo. I mean, I don't care. That's not my thing. I go. I guess if astrology is your thing, you'd care. I don't care. I thought it was pretty funny. I, I, was funny. I think there is like, there's two schools of thoughts with the Zodiac. So there's the traditional one we all know, but then I think someone rejigged it so that there's a 13th sign. Ooh. And so- if you are going via that, then, yeah, all the dates are shifted. So she might be going through the new age zodiac. Oh, okay. And, of course, dipshit Kyle has no idea what anything else is apart from her own lived experience and reality, so she won't agree with that. But that's just my theory. Well done, Brene Brown. I'm up for yeah. that. I agree with you completely. We learned that Sutton likes baby food. I mean, I like baby jelly. I used to Do buy you? I used to buy the baby jelly from the Woolworths all the time. That Fruits of the Forest fucking Heinz baby jelly was my jam. <laughs> and I was so devo when they stopped stocking it at the Woolworths. I was devo. It was like my evening treat. Are you like the kind of person who hoards baby formula but for yourself? <laughs> no, I only like Are you the problem? I'm, I'm always the problem. <laughs> but I just I liked my Fruits of the Forest Heinz baby jelly. It was fucking delicious. No fat. Low carbs. It was the best. A nice nutritious little snack. Exactly. I just I just did like a mimic pose, like a Vanna White pose then, but anyway. Um Yeah, you don't know who that is, that's fine. And then Bambi the dog, obsessed, eats off Rena's plate, steals her steak. I'm like, this girl is the star of the season. 
Totally. I'm just obsessed. And that's when they're all sitting and eating and Garcelle wants to talk about Sutton now that she's here. I'm like, Garcelle, should you really have brought it up? I don't know. Well, I think Garcelle was actually just being a good friend to Sutton because she shut down the chat earlier because Sutton wasn't there and she's like, well, I want Sutton to defend herself. But she did say that she saw Sutton apologise to Dorit in the moment at the store. Yeah, you're right. And so I'm like, oh, you, I get what you're doing, Garcelle. It's like I want the room to hear that Dorit accepted the apology so we can put a pin in it or not put a pin yeah. in it but stop it completely. But it just it's, that's never going to happen with this crowd. Everyone thinks their opinion is the most important thing to be heard. And you'd think Garcelle would be a bit more like PTSD about being in La Quinta and bringing things up because it hasn't worked well for her in the past. You are so correct. Oh, my God, you really are bringing the Brene Brown today. I love it. And Well, I think being back in La Quinta after a year has brought up lots of shit. Like, that's why we're hearing about the coat and the violated and everything. I know. It's true. They've all got the PTSD. They do. Except the only person that really does is Dorit, and she's the only one not really saying much at this point. Well, that's if the burglary happened. (laughs) Sutton tries to explain herself and no one gets it. Diana says that maybe Sutton is clumsy with her words. And yes, I agree. I just don't necessarily agree with the... Well, I guess I do agree with what Diana said. It was... Yeah. No, I agree. Do you agree? Yeah, she's clumsy with the words. But then she goes on to say, you know, I didn't write it all down, but she goes on to say, like, she can, because of that, she's hurtful and doesn't understand. I think she just. I know. And I'm like, Diana, you just met her. I know. It's true. But then that's when Erica's, like, sitting in the corner on the chair, Mm. nursing her beverage, basically her only friend at this point, and smugly goes, yep. Yeah, I know. She's putting herself in the line of fire, Erica is, when she doesn't need to be. But that's just because she's angry as fuck at the world. Yep. And taking it out on Sutton. I mean, we we discussed that last season. We can move on. Crystal calls it all hypocrisy because the ladies are basically saying to Sutton, well, they are saying to Sutton that she's got no empathy to the situation and to how Dorit feels. And in confessional, she says, it's wrong to tell people that they feel wrong. And this is triggering Crystal because they all did that to her last season with the word violated. Mm-hmm. So Kyle tells Crystal she can't compare the situation. She's all apples and oranges. Sutton says, look, with Crystal, I learned a lot that it's important to just simply respect how someone feels, even if you disagree. And then Erica makes it all about her. I mean, Erica's delusional. She Even oh, totally. Sutton says in confessional, she's acting like she's been completely exonerated. And this is where the disconnect comes through for me too with Erica and probably everyone else. Do yeah? you know what? For, for a second, she was kind of getting to me when Erica was like, who's the common denominator in this argument, this argument, this argument? It's Sutton. And I was like, I guess it is. But then I was like, oh, wait a minute. They all have arguments. Thank like, you. That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. When you isolate them, yeah, you can see a pattern, but, like, there's there's a bigger picture. I'm like, okay, so you, what you're trying to tell me is Sutton's had an issue with two, three people on the cast. Yeah. Everyone else has had an issue with everyone else on the cast. Yeah. Like, give, yeah. give Sutton a minute. Like, fuck off. Rina surprisingly brings it back to Doreen. I was impressed with that. Well, no, that actually shit me to tears because Ooh. three seconds earlier... Rina says, when Erica started having a go, Rina was like, Sutton, you did call Erica a liar. You called her a liar. Mm. And then a second later, Rina's like, we need to talk about Dorit. And I'm like, you just brought up the fucking liar of it all, you stupid Rina. God, I'm so sick of the fuck face five. I'm yeah, sick of them. I know. I am too. I am too. It's almost because they think they've got the numbers, therefore their opinion is more valid and is correct. It's like, no, there are just more of you. So there are more voices saying the same thing. It doesn't mean you're right. And I love when Crystal pointed it out by saying, my feelings don't matter to them. She didn't say to Kyle. She said to them. They're a them. I loved it when she said that. And she says when they won't validate someone else's feelings unless they can understand it. Now that was poignant to me. Oh, yeah. Because I agreed with them last year that I thought she might have been a bit heavy-handed with her verbiage. But at the same time, I'm like, thank you, Crystal. I see where you're coming from with that statement and I will check myself. Well, and I think Garcelle did the same thing as you because last year she was a bit like, oh, violated, that's a bit much. But now she's like, okay, we're listening, we're hearing your side of it, your feelings, and we're validating that. Yep. Like we can learn and grow. Exactly. And then Diana, the bodyguard, says, okay, Crystal, we're leaving. The dog tries, is just at the fucking kitchen sink and is just trying to get more food. So like, good. can we prioritise people? I'm like, you go, um, girl. Can I just say, though, mm-hmm. Dorit is starting to annoy me as well. I know she thinks she's got a pass, but she pissed me off. So Crystal said, 
this isn't a safe space. I don't feel safe. And then Dorit and confessional was like, are you kidding me? What a poor choice of words considering what I've just gone through. And I'm like, okay, it, it's not about you. Not everything's about you, Dorit. Well. It's like, if I were to say, oh, I got such a steal at the outlet mall, she'd be like, steal? How dare you mention the word steal after what I've been through? Me, Dorit. Fuck off, Dorit. You had your episode. I'm done. I'm done. I'm sorry. Okay, okay. You're entitled to your feelings, Nathan. And now she's not even going to dress up for us. Like the one thing we could count on for you, Dorit, was some fashion. And now we're not even getting that because of your PTSD. And I'm sick of it. And you need to go and book that therapy, have a chat to PK and work out your issues about your fake burglary because you need to step your pussy up. We were about to fire you and then you faked a burglary so you wouldn't get fired. So now you've got to bring it. Oh, my God. Can you please? You even do rants better than I do. Can you do them more, please? Because that just gave me mother-tucking life. (laughs) Half of what I said is probably defamatory. I, but oh, wait, like, wait, wait. On. Hashtag alleged. It's all alleged <laughs> that she is an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. While the house is confused, of course, the ladies in the car going back to the hotel, I just thought Diana put it so eloquently when she said, you should never feel alone with your friends. So Crystal is expressing how she feels to them, to the ladies left in the house who don't see her or hear her. And she's not only left with those feelings that she still has, but yet alone after she's expressed them. And I'm not going to lie. Yes, I got my period, but I cried when that sunk in. When, Did you? Yeah, because like if you, in a tender moment, when you express how you feel about something and it's hard, right? It's hard to express it. It's hard to say it. It's hard to hear yourself say it out loud. And then the other person is not only doesn't understand, but thinks you're wrong. Yeah. That alone feeling is awful. It's such an awful feeling. And that is what Crystal is trying to get through to them. And yeah. they're back in the house fucking making jokes. Well, they're trying to police her feelings as if you're only allowed to have feelings about the burglary. You can have feelings that coexist. And what I find fascinating is that Diana, who is new, got it in two seconds when when she said you should never feel alone with your friends. Yeah, I get it. And I think if this woman who's, like, known you all for three seconds can get it, maybe you all should shut the fuck up and open your ears a little bit more. Mm-hmm. It's just telling. It made me really sad for Crystal and it made me feel sick about the other women. It's like, when are you all going to fucking grow up? Ugh. Never. Mm, I mean, when am I going to grow up? I love watching them. What ifs? <laughs> so next time Sutton's a bacon Sorry, just also, can we oh, just yes, make note of yes, the please. fact that Kyle said hunky-dory and it landed with a thud? Like <laughs> She said <laughs> no hunky-dory? I didn't even notice. She says, we're all sitting here pretending like we're hunky-dory. And then she looked around and everyone was just ignoring it. <laughs> oh, my God. See, she's tr- she's trying to use her sister for a gag. Who will who won't this woman use? I know. So next time Sutton's a bacon-eating vegetarian, I mean, I want to judge her, but I'm a hypocrite. I eat fish. Nathan apparently didn't realise this till yesterday. I'm like, I'm sure I've said it, but now You know, I've you talk it. a lot. I can't be expected <laughs> to take it all in. Yes, queen. <laughs> Uh, they talk about the last season and the are you that girl comment that Crystal says to Sutton and apparently there's more to it. Oh, I know. We're back to hating Sutton. Remember when we used to hate her? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if they said it because Erica looked gobsmacked, Dorit looked uncomfortable, but then later we see Garcelle telling Sutton what Crystal said and they're all like, just say it, just say it. And I'm like, well, do we know at this point what's said or is this when we find out? I want to know. I hope we know, but I think Garcelle's line to Sutton, watch your back with your new friend, is, like, iconic. I think it is uber iconic, yes. Do I need to put it on the soundboard? Maybe. 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 We'll see. All right. Anything else on Beverly Hills? Nah. Nah, you said. Oh, I hate Kyle. Is that that obvious? Oh, God bless you. And you know what? I was thinking back to, like, during Ultimate Girls Trip where I was like, Kyle's not that bad, and then I realised, like, it was my two nemesises together, Kyle and Melissa, so yes. my hatred was split, and so that softened my <laughs> hatred for both of them. I see what you're saying. I love it. You made my day. I just hate them. I know. Shall we move on to Below Deck Down Under? Sure. Episode 12, Yachty or Nice. Not impressed with that titling. What did you think of the episode? Do you know what? I don't have a lot of notes on it because I wasn't that captivated throughout. As much as I, like, I've really wanted to like, and I do like below deck down under Mm. it's not reaching the same heights as a below deck med no certainly not but just i keep reminding myself below deck sailing yacht didn't peak for me till i think it was season 
three? Season two. Or season with two the, with the new cast. With that guy that knocked up the other stew. Yeah. Oh, yeah, fuck. Yeah. It was a great so, season. So we're, we're definitely going to need to rejig some of this cast. But then yeah. again, I think, well, I hate enough of them and like enough of them. So I don't know. Oh, we'll see. And we are seeing character arc. Exactly. So what's yeah, the damage? So I don't know. We might need to wait and judge it as a whole once it's over. Correcto. And maybe we need to wait and see how much we miss it because that often lets me know how much I love a particular franchise. Correct. This whole episode is all about bad bosun bitching about Benny. Yeah. And Captain Cutie hears it all from Bad Boson. He... Oh, he's running an investigation this episode. Exactly. I loved it. It was like Hercule Poirot. He's like, oh, see me up in the drawing room it's in true. the captain's quarters. I never thought of it like a Poirot. I love Poirot. If you look at the episode, like he's just, you know, interviewing this person, then this person is gathering the data. Oh, it's so true. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, now I love this episode if it's about Inspector Poirot. Cutie. Oh, Inspector Cutie. <laughs> I love it. So. Bad Boson says there's nothing more I can do and it's because Benny lifted the crane for the jet ski with Culver on it before Culver said it was good to go. And for Bad Boson, we all know that safety is... Oh, we love safety. I mean, I don't know if he's putting safety first or if he has PTSD, and I mean that Mm. in a literal sense, and everything is a safety issue with him where he's creating a problem where one may not exist. Yeah, I yeah. think you you might be onto something there. He's just so uber conscious. Yeah. And he needs to be in that role, but they all need to be because they're all on the his, ship. But that's not his sole role. It's almost yeah. like he's not being a bosun, he's being an OH&S officer. Yeah. I don't know what's happening, but Magda's actually communicating with Aisha. She finds a Crazy. massive stain in the bed and at first I was scared but then it was only fake tan, so that's cool. Um, oh, Bullet Barb. Barb from New York was, <laughs> yeah. was staying Bob. on the boat, was she? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't um, – what did I used to call her? I used to call her Builder Barb, yeah. Oh, Barb the Builder. <laughs> Barb the Builder, that's it. Yeah. Oh, good times. And then we get those flashes of Magda being a shit stew, but they're getting along now so we'll move on. And it's all fucking Wacky Wednesday here because the guests are loving the food. What the fuck? I think these guests are pretty freaking boring. Like, they're just happy to play board games in the rain. I was like, okay, I love a board game, but not on a mega yacht. I did think that too, but then I thought potentially these guests are just easygoing in that they actually enjoy each other's company. They're not concerned about being on TV as their primary focus and they like each other's company. They can amuse themselves. They don't need to be entertained. They're just happy to be together. And when you're just happy to be together with your friends, playing a board game's fun. But then they also wanted a Christmas party. I was like, this is basic. (laughs) They are basic. Okay, they're basic bitches. That's fine. I love (laughs) you. And then the captain's even happy with shit chef's food because he brings him scrambled eggs and he's like, I love wet eggs. I'm like, "Mm, I don't like wet eggs. Do you like wet eggs? I've never really thought of eggs as wet and dry. Like when you scramble them, are they runny or or are they completely cooked? Oh, they'd be cooked. Yeah, yeah, me too. I don't do runny, soggy eggs. It's like when you go to the hotel and they've got them in the Bay Marie and they're, they're jiggling and glistening. I just, I have bad Oh, yeah, they're not real eggs. No, but this is how chefs like to make them. Maybe it's not like that, but that's what I think. Even though the chef thinks that he and the captain are great, the captain's not forgiven him for being an insolent twat and he's still looking for a backup chef. Fair enough. I know. And then, uh-oh, Benny didn't clean the hot tub. He's not good at his jobs. No, he's not. And Bad Boson is bitching to him about Brittany because in his mind he's getting fired so he doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. Bad Boson and Benny round two starts and he tells him the captain wants a meeting but I don't want one. Can we just get along? This is when the episode gets good. Benny yeah. interrupts and said he's been trying to and Jamie is not happy with being interrupted and says that's part of the problem. Mm-hmm. Benny responds and says, no, you talk at me, not to me. From day one, you tried to lead me by intimidation. Bad Boson says, can I lead the conversation? I've called the meeting. And Benny keeps interrupting and repeats himself, please stop trying to lead by intimidation. I'm not intimidated by you. I will not be disrespected and you will take your foot off my head. Do you understand? 
Ooh. Fucking hell. Do you think he was leading by intimidation or was he just being a boss? He was just being what he thought a boss needed to be. He doesn't know how to deliver requests firmly without them sounding as demands. He's learning to be a bosun. And as much as we can say he's bad bosun, he's still learning. And I think Benny resents that. He's like, if I'm going to take your leadership, it's because I respect where your leadership is at. And I don't think that that is necessarily fair because Benny's not perfect at his job and he should help bad bosun be a better bosun. Does that make sense? It does. I think... Jamie, he's not able to adapt his leadership style as well as Captain Cutie is. Like we see Captain Cutie be forceful with the chef, but then have a softer approach with Benny. And yeah, Jamie needs to adapt likewise, I think. I agree. But like I said, it's like he's learning and I don't think he should be given as much shit for it as Benny is giving him. If Benny approached Bad Bosun the way that he wanted to be approached, I think they would get along much better. It's almost like I'm demanding you interact with me with my learning style and you can't make a mistake. Mm-hmm. And so and- I, I think that's where why everyone is saying why when Captain calls Bratini to talk, why, when Captain calls Culver to talk, that's basically what they're saying. There's a communication problem. Totally. And I think one of the big red flags mm. is how it wasn't until Bratini opened those lines of communication with Benny mm. that Benny was even realising what was going on. I know. And like for Jamie to say, oh, here's some information, but don't tell Benny, and then telling different people different things, that's the problem. Exactly. So I think the issue is worsened because we have those examples for Benny to hold on to and go, see, you suck, and vice versa. I mean, basically, these two should never be in a relationship. Pretty much. So, like, I, uh, so is Benny being fired? Okay. Because for a second there, I thought maybe Jamie was. That's what I'm wondering too. I'm sitting here going, are the editors setting this up like we all think Benny's going to be fired and then Captain About Faces and says, Jamie, you got to go. Or are they doing it like this so we think that might happen, but really nothing happens with Benny getting fired on, like, the last fucking charter? Big fucking warp. Yeah. Big warp. So he misses out on fucking 1200 bucks. whatever. Do you know, know what I mean? Don't be firing someone on the last fucking charter. That's like, that is not good TV. No, I hate when they bring in a new person and then it's like you don't even get to know them and then it's over and then they're at the reunion and you're like, and? You're on a boat for three days. Fuck off. Like, yeah. if you're on a boat for the same amount of time as the guests, then I should not have to remember your name. The end. So if, let's just go with the hypothetical that Bad Boson might be fired. Mm. Who would you, as Captain Cutie, Captain Mariana Cutie, who oh. would you hire as the next boson? Out of the current crew. Out of the current crew. I mean, we've only got Culver and Bertini to give it to, right? Yes, or Benny. Well, we're not giving it to Benny. That's a given. <laughs> I would I would want to say Bertini, but I think Culver has more experience, so probably Culver. I'd probably go with Bertini. I was pretty impressed with her this episode with how she was sort of just trying to, like, get everyone on the same page. Yes, so in that sense she might be a better leader, but if she can't, if she doesn't know how to do some of the tasks, then that's unsafe. I don't think Jamie's going. Now that we look at the other options, I think Benny's gone. Yeah. Captain does have, like, the chief officer, that other dude. Oh, yeah. So he could just um, ask him to, to, like, help dock the ship once. Like, it's not going to, you know what I mean? I don't think they need a bosun for the last charter because he has other people on board the boat that can do the the job short term. I just want Culver to dedicate himself to being the entertainment officer oh. because him dressed up as Santa, what a hoot. Like I, I hate a Christmas party idea, but what a hoot. <laughs> Did he still have the mullet wig on with his Santa outfit? Did he incorporate <laughs> mullet wig? Did he was he like a bogan Santa? By the end of this season, this yachting season, mm. that mullet wig is gonna be so crusty. Oh, could you imagine if you put that thing <laughs> under a blue light? <laughs> nah. Oh, that's grotte. Oh, <laughs> Oh, I shudder to think, literally. <laughs> and then what did you think about Aisha in her reindeer slash S&M outfit? I mean, that was a little creepola, but loved it. It was a little bit creepola. Yeah, it was a bit kinky. Yeah. You sound like you're going to skeeve. Well, no, so I was just trying to think of what was making me distracted and it was because Culver kept saying Rudolph the red-nosed Aisha, yeah. but it kept sounding like Rudolph red Rosasia, and I was like just thinking of rosacea the whole time, so I was a bit confused. And were you just as confused with tampon snow? (laughs) I'm always confused by tampons, to be quite honest with you. (laughs) 
It's really not that confusing. I'm sh- I'm sure you've figured it out by now. No, none of my business. You just don't want to know. Okay, fine. No. They were going on about the tampon snow like it was the best fucking idea of the century. And I'm just like, it looked really wanting. I would not have put tampon snow on the table. Surely there were cotton balls on the boat. Yeah. Maybe there weren't. Maybe she went to search for cotton balls, couldn't find them. That snow looked a little harsh. It, I don't. I didn't think it looked good, but I understand why they were praising Magda for it. She was taking an initiative for once that didn't include her phone. I mean, we're, we're in Australia. It doesn't snow. Uh, like, this is my our thing. Christmases are hot. So commit to the bit. They wanted it an Australian Christmas. I thought that was the theme, Australian Christmas. I do recall that. So yeah. how do we get a winter themed feast i thought it was going to be like prawn like seafood because that obviously is yeah same very australian because it's summer and it's mother tucking hot so i'm like where's the barbecue where's yeah. the kiddie pool and the sand and all of the sunscreen and the usual shit that we have in summer we do sweat while we eat in summer but no they were having like whatever the american food was i thought yeah. that was a bit odd it was odd. And then, okay, so Brittany, quickly, Brittany and Colva are having a talk about travelling together in the van post-season. I did not think that that was actually – do you think that that actually happens or this is just something to talk about on the boat? Yeah, I, I don't know if it ends up happening. Because Brittany keeps making comments about being sexually frustrated to the man that she oh, begged yeah. to hump her. So I don't oh, know yeah. if he wants to be stuck in a van with you, sweet pea. Yeah, well, I do want to look up and see if that did happen, but maybe I'll just try and be in suspense for another few weeks. I mean, yeah. Look it up if um, you wish. It's kind of more exciting now. It might be anticlimactic at the end. Culver's Instagram's pretty good. Are you lo- <laughs> I'm oh. saying I'm not going to look it up, and here I am on my phone looking it up. <laughs> He's got a re- – the mullet yeah. lasts Post-season. a long time. I think it just goes with him from boat to boat. God, I hope he gets that thing fucking dry cleaned or washed or whatever you do with it doesn't, it plastic doesn't. hair. He's, just, oh, he's dipping it into lakes and rivers. Oh, there it is again. Okay, okay anyway, okay, okay. I've got to stop looking. I love you, but um, it's not that entertaining listening to you scrolling through someone's <laughs> Insta. <laughs> I think the only real thing we need to talk about is, though we haven't covered it yet, is is Magda Magda's friend Paulina. Yes. so Snake in the grass. Her best friend Paulina messages her that she, Paulina, is having dinner with Magda's boyfriend. I mean, big deal, Uh right? Well, for a person like Magda, I think that is a big deal. And so even though Aisha tells her to knock off early to get some more sleep, she, of course, ignores that because she's in, in a tizzy about this and she's on the phone with her boyfriend and wants to know about where Paulina is. And he's he denies it, though. He's like, I don't know where she is, which I'm like, don't be lying. You've done nothing wrong. And then, of course, Aisha walks in on the cabin and finds her on the phone and isn't impressed. She finds it disrespectful. But, of course, Magda finds it disrespectful to be told who she can and can't talk to when she's not working. It's but- so embarrassing to be told to go to bed when you're like a grown adult, but like go to bed. I know. Next day, Magda's back in the laundry texting. So she's basically had two good days or was it one? I can't tell you, but, <laughs> and she, you can see her texting her boyfriend. I'm not done talking to you. Tell me about Paulina. And then later she's bitching to Toomey about it. That's when we find out that Paulina is actually her best friend and she's messaged Magda that she thinks that Magda is a psychopath and is crazy. And Magda is so upset and aghast at the fact that someone would message that to her while the rest of us are Sydney going, ah, duh. Yes, but also I think Pauline is trying to gaslight Magda and move in on a boyfriend. She's probably back in Poland having dinner with Magda's boyfriend, hearing about all the crazy shit <laughs> that Magda's told him while Pauline is probably sitting there going, oh, my God, this is the side of the story that Magda told. <laughs> me she didn't tell me anything that she did to you she only told me what you did to her and that's probably where she's getting the psychopath and crazy from have we all known someone like that yep we all I think have. you cracked it yeah exactly so i'm on paulina's side however i don't think that magda's boyfriend is that bright and um if paulina likes that you go right ahead what i want to know is are paulina and magda's ex now in love and dating and all that shit that's what I want. Oh, I want to know. 
Save that for the reunion. Yeah, so... Do you think we'll have a reunion? Oh, yeah, I think we'll have a Zoom union. Zoom union on Watch What Happens Live? Yeah, they're not going to spend yep. money on this reunion yet. Okay. So Captain Cutie asks the chief officer to drive the tender so that Benny can stay on the boat and feel part of the team. Benny says like five or six times how, how fucking happy he is about it, so good call. They get $18,000 tip, which is 14000 US. This is now when Bertini tells Benny... In front of Culver as well, what Bad Bosun did about keeping him off night shifts and why. And Benny mm-hmm. is shocked. He is bamboozled. He is upset. He cries. Mm-hmm. He says he's just exhausted. We see Captain calling Benny to the bridge, tells him he's made a decision, and then all of a sudden, fade out, no next time, nothing. <gasps> so we don't know what's going to happen, peeps cliffhanger but no to be continued which i thought you'd like yes yes, yes you know yeah, yes i know right. you will and that's all that's it that's the end did you did i miss anything no you did a great job oh thanks I tried. three stars three. <laughs> <laughs> sorry i just whacked the mic with my earphone because you know i don't even deserve a star no stars <laughs> from me Oh, you can't please everyone slash anyone, can you? <laughs> no. Fuck. The funny thing is, I think I have been told so many times in my life that I'm just way too much for people that I'm surprised that other people are surprised. You know what I mean? It's like, how Yeah, can- you're like, welcome to the club. It's like, exactly. <laughs> like, you don't think that in 43 years I've been told that before? Like, next? Well, if any of our dear listeners do want to send some words of encouragement and support to Mariana, they can do so via the rating and review system or they can get in touch at Bravo on Twitter or Instagram and I'll pass any DMs along to Mariana for her encouragement. I'm not fishing. I'm fine, people. I'm totally fine. That may be so, but if you do feel... Like just send me out of the kindness pics. of your heart, saying something nice, and we do, we do love a Texan gal. So if you're from Texas, oh, please let us know. You know me, I love the accent. It's our heartland. Oh, it just makes me the accent just warms the cockles. I just could listen to it all day, all day. Even like Sutton's accent. Love it, love it. <laughs> That's part of the charm, is it not? Yeah, I wonder if I'd like Sutton as much if she didn't have that accent. No. I don't think I would. I think it would sound crazier coming from like a, Flat a different out, accent. No, and I don't. It doesn't. It doesn't diminish the light of it. I don't care that it's mostly the accent. I love it. I need it in my life. Great. Okay. Well, <laughs> thanks for the chat. Yeah, that was a good time at the 7.30 to 8.30 a.m. time (laughs) slot that we got going. It's fucking fucking crazy how awake I am at this time of the morning, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but at 8.30 at night, bitch is going to bed. Don't talk to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And thanks to Sherry LB via Apple Podcasts who said, the best, five stars. These guys are fantastic. I love them and their opinions. They make me laugh so hard. Yay. Yay. That was really sweet. Thank you. We love a good one. (laughs) We love a good one. I clearly love the bad ones too, but we love a good one. We should pay more attention to the good ones, should we not? (laughs) Thanks, Sherry. Woohoo. Love you. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye.